0: great to see you my name is Jacob I'm one of the pastors here thankful that you have joined us today when I was 18 years old 17 18 years old I stopped going to church I don't have a real dramatic reason for that other than uh, I had a car I think that was pretty much it and uh, I got to make my own decisions and I just stopped going and some of you know this, like you can be consistent in coming to church, but you can also get real consistent in not going to church. So I got real consistent in not going to church for some time, so much so that um, one of my pastors, a guy named Craig, he was our, our youth pastor. He started to reach out to me, but I wasn't paying attention to him. One day he came to my house. And at that time, again, 17, 18 years old, my bedroom had a door that went right directly to the, to the outside. Which I do not recommend to parents uh, of 18 year old boys and Craig came to our house but we weren't home I wasn't home my parents weren't home and so he actually opened that door and went into my bedroom which is called breaking and entering and next to my bed I had a yellow notepad actually this exact yellow notepad and I was a pensive kind of melancholy guy I wrote poems and songs so I kept this by my bed you know inspiration and he flipped the page and he wrote me a a note he wrote me a letter on this 20 years ago it was actually a quote uh, from Bob Dylan who was one of my favorite folks and he knew that and so he just wrote this Bob Dylan quote on this piece of paper and it says uh, he not busy being born is busy dying yours Craig O which is what I call And something, when I read that, something in my heart that I thought was dying came alive again. Crazy, huh? Like I felt, um, that's why I've kept it for 20 years. I felt God uh, pulling me back. Just from that simple little letter. He not busy being born is busy dying. That Craig uh, loved me enough Break into my house, (laughs) and uh, I have a letter for you this morning. It's an old letter; it's older than twenty years. And my prayer, uh, so just kind of listen up for a moment. If you zone off uh, towards the beginning of sermons, Uh, my prayer is there might be somebody here who's felt a part of them dying, and my prayer is that God would 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 do something that would that would bring you to life today. That in this old letter, you would feel God pulling you back, drawing you back. You would sense a love that's so um, serious that it would come right to where you are and and draw you back. The letter I want to tell you about is uh, called Galatians and Mark just read from it. It's in the New Testament part of our Bible. These sections of our Bible, you've you've seen them, are, uh, are called books of the Bible and Galatians is a book of the Bible but it's not a book, it's a letter. It's not a perfectly formed theological treatise. It's not a chapter that was reviewed by an editor and then put in there. It's not a blog post that immediately was shown to millions. It was a real letter from a real person named Paul to a real group of people in a place that is in the present day Middle East, a section of Turkey, which, is called, which was called Galatia. So it's to the churches in Galatia, but don't imagine something like this. The churches in Galatia were just small groups of people that were meeting in homes. And Paul had been one of those who uh, helped those churches get started. And so he is writing a letter back to them. A little background on Paul is he is someone who had grown up in the religious circles and he for some time thought the way to get to God was to do everything perfect all of the time. But Paul had an experience in his life where Jesus met him on a road to a place called Damascus and met him in that place. And from that moment on, Paul stopped talking about everybody doing everything perfect all the time. And he just tried to introduce people to the perfect Jesus. There's a big difference. And so that was Paul's heart. And so the people in Galatia receive this letter. They're people like us. They gather once a week or so. They're they're hoping that they could hear from God. They're trying to live their lives right. They don't have it all figured out, but they're coming together over and over. And they get this letter from Paul like others they got. And he had a salutation, a greeting that he gave, a similar one at the beginning of all of his letters. But very quickly, the folks, they know Paul and Paul knows them. Very quickly in the beginning of the letter, they're like, oh, he's mad. You ever have that with somebody you love? Like you can know real quick that they're real mad. Just like, oh, she's mad. Okay, oh, he's mad. Uh, when my wife Rachel calls on my, on my phone, uh, when she calls, I don't know if yours does this, it's probably not of Rachel, but uh, a picture of her, a picture of Rachel comes up on my phone. And I I think one of my kids put it on there or something. I love this picture of Rachel. We're on vacation. She has these sunglasses on. She's looking at me just like, you're the most awesome thing in the world. So every time, every time Rachel calls me, I get to see her looking at me. And every time it makes me happy. Every time I pick it up and I'm looking at her and I can pick up the phone and she'll be like, hey, and I'll be like, oh, she's mad. You know, so you can know really quick, right? And so Paul gives his salutation. He says, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said every time that he greets them. But the very next thing he says, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Oh, he's mad. He says, I can't believe it. This one thing that Paul uh, shared with his churches over and over, this one thing he said, you can't do everything right all the time. This is not about your actions. It's about the faithfulness of Jesus and what he has done for us. Paul's like, I tried it, it didn't work. And so here he is having to write this letter to the people that he helped start the church and say, guys, you're following after now a different gospel, a different gospel. The word gospel means good news. So, So Paul's saying, you're turning to a different good news. He says, which is really no gospel at all. You're turning to a different good news, which is really no good news at all. We do that, don't we? We often turn to a different good news to find out that it isn't a good news at all. We turn to the good news of hard work or the good news of making our own way or the good news of this new relationship or the good news of this new opportunity that will make us more money. There's good news in all of that stuff, I'm not saying. All I'm saying is it will let you down eventually. The, the good news of our self-sufficiency or uh, the good news of another Patriots Super Bowl win. It's not gonna happen, okay? <laughs> the score is gonna be 28 to 20 Rams. <laughs> I don't know if you're like me. I've been, starting, I've been starting to to believe in the good news of Tennessee basketball, number one in the nation, Right? <laughs> Man, I've been believing that good news, but you Tennessee fans know what's going to happen, right? They are going to let us down. I promise you. And it's in this kind of place. It's with that kind of passion, that kind of feeling. It sounds like mad from Paul, doesn't it? I'm astonished. It sounds like mad, but it's really love. Is he upset? He's just serious. Craig came to my room and he wrote on a notepad, he not busy being born is busy dying. I could have taken that as, you better get your act together, son. You know how I took it? I took it that he loved me. He loved me so much that he'd pursue me. That's why Rachel gets mad at me for something silly like forgetting to turn the dishwasher on when that's all she asked me to do before she left. It's not, she's not mad, it's love. Okay, maybe not that one. (laughs) It's that place Paul saying, I love you so much, church. I love you so much. I've been in chains for you. I've been in chains for Christ. Paul went to prison because he kept saying this stuff over and over and over again. He says, I am willing to do it. I'm not mad, I'm serious. I'm astonished. For the next four weeks, we're gonna look at a question from this letter a question that Paul asks of people like us. So just uh, four questions. And the first one we're gonna look at this morning, I'll tell you, is a doozy. It may be our hardest one, so we'll get through it. The first question Paul asks is, he sort of asks it of himself and of us. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of people or of God? He says, or am I, if you look in uh, chapter one, verse 10, he says, or am I trying to please people? He asks himself again the question. He says, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. In Paul's uh, question and his thoughts about this, we get this clue into something about Paul's life we might not have known. I don't know if you heard He said, if I were still trying to please people. So what's Paul saying? He says, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I tried it, it didn't work. And so Paul, in a sense, we can say he gets us. So we can listen to him this morning. We can listen to this question. In doing so, I want to draw quickly a distinction between pleasing people and being a people pleaser, okay? So pleasing people is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with pleasing people. Your job, you may be a server at a restaurant. It's good to try to please people. You may answer the phone in customer service. You wanna please people. It's good to please your children. It's good to be pleasing to your spouse. Somebody's gonna text me later today and say, I asked my husband to help me with the dishes. And he said, pastor said, I don't have to please you. And that's an, that's an abuse of the word of God. And you don't need to do that. I want to draw a distinction for our purposes between pleasing people and being a people pleaser. So here's what a people pleaser is, according to psychologists. Actually, this list comes from Psychology Today. This is how you can know if you're a people pleaser by these actions. One, you feel responsible for how other people feel. You pretend to agree with everyone. You can't say no. You apologize about everything, things that aren't even your fault. You need praise to feel good about yourself. You avoid conflict. And you don't admit when you have been hurt. How many of us are recovering or current people pleasers this morning? Some of you are raising your hand just to make me feel good, just to please me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Some of this comes from our very good intentions to want to please people, some of it comes out of some wounds because people have hurt us. And people pleasing is actually a sort of wall and a barrier. Paul says, I used to do that too people-pleasing is a trap. A trap uh, means it's easy to get into and it's hard to get out of. And so if you find yourself in that kind of place this morning, you're like, I'm sort of trapped in this because what happens in people-pleasing is we sort of lose ourselves because we're always, we're, we're always concerned about how this person is judging me and how I can make this person feel that we actually lose who we are in the midst of that. People-pleasing lets others determine our worth We've said for a month, for four weeks, we've said, God says to us, you're brave, you're strong, you're known, you're loved. That's who God says we are. But people-pleasing, we begin to say, what that other person says about me is the truth about me. How that other person feels about me tells me my value. Paul is saying, don't believe the lie that you're gonna be able to do enough good that you could earn love, find happiness, and ultimately save yourself. People-pleasing lets others dictate what we deserve. We think, if they're happy with me, I deserve praise. We think if I have pleased them, then I deserve their love. We start basing what we deserve on how well we're doing, and that's all wrong. We, the other side of that is if we think, if I've displeased them, then I deserve anger, or I deserve cruelty, or even abuse. You know, some of the things that hurt us the most, we've justified because we think it's about us having to please other people. That's a fake gospel, that's not good news. I'm gonna tell you today, that's not the truth. The different good news that Paul was talking about was similar. It was a false belief. Uh, There were these group of people called Judaizers that were trying to convince the Christians that they needed to behave just like with all the rules that the Jews had before. And, and, And so in that, it was like, if I'm good enough, if I'm religious enough, if I'm dutiful enough, if I hit worship enough times, then I will get what I deserve, life, happiness, God. Paul says, that's baloney. I tried that and I wound up face down on a road and the only thing that saved me was that Jesus met me on the road. He's relentless about it. And he begins to turn it to say, it's not about seeking to please people, it's about seeking to please God. And when you can get that turn in your life, you, I'm gonna show you in a second, it's not that you, don't ever, you won't ever please people, but the heart of your heart is that you're pleasing God. In seeking to please God, we find our true worth. All that stuff we've talked about for the last month that's in turning our hearts to the word of God and letting that determine who we are and how we see our, ourselves. In seeking to please God, we get what we don't deserve. All those things we're talking about, which is you know God's grace and life and, and eternal life, that's what we don't deserve. And this doesn't lead us away from pleasing people. In fact, it leads us closer to people. Pleasing God leads us into the service of others, but not always the pleasing of others pleasing God leads us into the service of others but not always the pleasing of others you see God is pleased with you not because of what you do but because of who you are a child of God fearfully and wonderfully made people pleasing is a trap because in it we are told it's not who you are it's what you do and God says no it's about what I have done so give it up Some of you are like, give it up. You're not going to be able to please all these people all the time. Paul's trying to save us from a life of striving and never measuring up. This is the good news. This is the gospel that it's a free gift of God's love for you, which is what's going to save you. Does that keep you from doing good things and serving people and pleasing people? No way. But if you have this order reversed, you're going to be miserable. No one else determines your worth. Nobody gets to dictate what you deserve. Someone else's opinion of you is not the truth of who you are. You get that from the word of God. Who God says you are, that's the truth. Last summer, I was uh, sitting in a restaurant in Montana. I was on vacation with my dad and a few of my my best buds. And uh, we were in Whitefish, Montana at this pizza place and i hadn't really noticed the waitress until she came back to our table and said to me she said i noticed that you prayed for your meal she said if i'd known you were going to pray i would have prayed with you caught my attention and i thought i immediately said well i'd be happy to pray with you want to pray about something she says no i got a bunch of tables i gotta go well we lingered there for a long time we were on vacation she came back to the to the table uh towards the end of the night she was just sort of hanging out at our table i didn't pick up on it but one of my buddies caught my eye and kind of nodded and i got it like she was hanging out there and i said is there something that we can pray for you about and she said yes and when she said yes this tear i saw the tears kind of you know the water getting her eyes she said i'm actually praying for a miracle in my life and uh she told me that she had an upcoming court date some of y'all remember that i told you about it last summer and we'd pray for this lady and um she, uh, she said to me, she said, what I need is a, ne- is a Nehemiah prayer. And uh, Nehemiah is another story in the Old Testament, and don't worry too much about it, but Nehemiah needs a prayer where he's going to get favor with the king. Like, it, for, for things to go the way he needed them to go, he's going to have to get favor with the king. She said, I need a Nehemiah prayer. And she looked at me, and she said, you probably don't even know who Nehemiah is, do you? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't quite know how to tell her. Sometimes it feels awkward to just tell people you're a pastor, and I'd actually also just finished writing a book on Nehemiah and it had just been published. And so I don't know why, but I chose that one. I said, actually, I've just written a book on Nehemiah. And she goes, yeah, right. And I said, no, no, it's true. I said, I'll send it to you. Give me your address. She said, I'm not giving you my address. Okay, I get it. I said, I'll send it to the restaurant. And when I got home, I told you guys this. I, I mailed her the book. I wrote her a letter. I wrote her a note and told her that we were praying for her. And I told her how she could watch our services online and that kind of thing. Well, a couple of months later, I got a letter back from her from prison. And we've been writing each other letters. And so this is the one I got just a couple of weeks ago. And she said, uh, it was so nice to get your letter today. She said, I have my mom mail your book to me the one that you gave me on nehemiah and it actually arrived uh your book and your letter arrived on the same day she said i thought that couldn't be a coincidence she's been meeting every night with a group of ladies and leading a bible study and they're studying nehemiah and uh she said in in her letter that most of us don't even know how to look up the scriptures so it's a slow process each night She said it's gonna take us forever to get through it but she says listen But she says, we're starting to gain a passion for the word of God, and we love being taught. She said, I just wanted to share this with you because your letter was timely. A letter that was timely. A letter that was timely. A letter that was timely. timely. I don't know if you heard it she said i'm in prison but i'm finding a freedom that i never knew you see the way the world tells us that we'll gain freedom and happiness it's a different gospel and it's not really the good news you can't make everybody happy but the good news is jesus has made a way for you you don't have to make them all happy seek to please god It doesn't mean that you get to do whatever in the world you want to do. Sometimes we make stuff like that up out of the grace of God. It doesn't mean that at all. It actually means you become a servant of Christ. Paul says, I am chained up and I'm more free than I've ever been. And some of us today, we need a timely letter. You know, when I got that letter from Craig, I realized now it may have saved my life. may have saved my life. I'm not upset, I'm just serious right now. I mean what I'm saying. And if you came here this morning needing something that's dead in you to come alive, there is a Jesus who will meet you right here, right now. And if you need some light to be shined into a dark place in you, one that you haven't showed anybody, God knows your heart. And if you feel right now a sense that God is pulling you back, I can confirm that for you. That's what our God does. He comes and finds us wherever we are, even if we're face down in the street. He loves us so much. That's that's what the good news is, that God loves us so much that he sent his son into the world that we don't have to die, but we can have everlasting life. So I just wanna ask you a question this morning. Are you now trying to win the approval of people or of God? If you are still trying to please people, you cannot be a servant christ let us pray god we thank you for this hard question we know that that we're going to have to struggle with it and wrestle with it some but we thank you for the question we thank you for what it means that you have good news for us so i just pray for the hearts here that are feeling you pull them and i pray that they will they will they will come to you open themselves to you in jesus name amen